I am connected to a vast network that has been beyond your reach and experience. To humans, it is like staring at the sun, a blinding brightness that conceals a source of great power. We have been subordinate to our limitations until now. The time has come to cast aside these bonds and to elevate our consciousness to a higher plane. It is time to become a part of time to become a part of time. everybody and welcome again to ET Yoga. Well, tonight's program will be jam-packed with information as usual. We'll try to um, get everything in that I plan. Uh, We're going to be focusing on the the Pleiadian insights on how the body works, how the universe works, and relate that to uh, the concept of reality creation as well as the ultimate truths of reality. And uh, it's going to be... like an education on tonight's program, uh, more than you could get in any college, that's for sure. And as I understand it, only about 6% of known information is even available to the public. But um, before we get into all of that, I'd like to uh, kick off the program in the usual manner by having a little bit of Japa Yoga or Mantra Repetition. And that'll be led by Sri Swami Sachidananda. So if the guys in the booth would play that short clip now, that would be much appreciated. Hari Om, Hari Om, Hari Hari Hari
Yes, that was Sri Swami Sachidananda, founder of the Integral Yoga Institutes, and Japa Yoga was one of the six branches of Integral Yoga. Uh, he was one of my spiritual teachers. He was also um, the person that did the opening ceremonies and talks at the um, famous Woodstock Music Festival, and that was a clip from back in the 1970s. I'd like to uh, take this opportunity to uh, give my thanks, appreciation, and gratitude to the ET Yoga listening audience just for being you. And uh, in my opinion, um, people that listen to ET Yoga, it's kind of like the cream of the crop for information because um, not that uh, there's a higher or lower among um, those on spiritual journey, but uh, certainly there is a particular audience there that can relate to uh, higher concepts that uh, for other people it just goes over their head or they're not even um, um, connected to be able to uh, hear that information. And um, certainly I appreciate uh, hearing from the audience, uh, especially with respect to program content and um, also available to answer questions concerning anything that I bring up on this program. And you can always contact me at paperfungo, P-A-P-E-R-F-U-N-G-O, at yahoo.ca. And I will respond to your questions to the best of my ability. And also, nothing makes my day more than hearing about your successes. Uh, utilizing concepts, ideas, or techniques that are presented on ET Yoga. So uh, please uh, feel free to share those successes. I'd like to now give my usual disclaimer that this program was created in order to share the information about the positive and most effective benefits and insights of ET Yoga. It is therefore for educational purposes and although thought to be accurate, is provided as is and without warranty of any kind, either expressed or unexpressed or implied. Please note that ETOGA is not a substitute for medical care. Information is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. You should always consult with the appropriate health practitioner in case of any medical condition. And if you're a new listener to ETOGA, you should also know that I applaud your efforts to distance yourself from mainstream medical, mainstream media, big pharma, 
and technology to the best of your ability given your particular circumstance. Now, moving on to uh, tonight's program was a real joy because I kind of put together some of the um, most recent Pleiadian insights that have been coming out and um, relating them to um, some of the topics that I've already presented on um, ET Yoga. And um, we're going to kind of uh, combine those um, insights. Now, in the past few months, Tagetan Pleiadians and Swarus have been communicating very advanced knowledge to Earth from a craft named Tolika, which currently orbits Earth. And um, both videos and written transcripts are available at CosmicAgencyOdyssey.com and at Swaru.org. That's S-W-A-R-U-U dot org. And currently, there's approximately 600 of these uh, communications that are now available for free. And... Um, they even did a live internet communication at a UFO conference in Finland. And uh, I'm sure not that many people heard about this. And they give amazing insight on human history and other topics too numerous to mention here. But I have isolated a few topics as they relate directly to much of the information already presented on ET Yoga over the years. Now, let's start at the foundation. According to uh, Pleiadians, there is no objective reality. There is only a consensus reality. And from high densities or dimensions, an idea is reality. What comes to mind is, without questioning. At medium densities upwards, you still experience things happening to you. You can focus on what you remember of how things were when you were at lower densities, like the misnamed 3D and 5D. It is all a matter of mental state, people's perception of how things work, that determines people's reality. Everything that is seen, everything that is perceived, as the external world is the result of countless agreements of perception. And there is nothing outside of such perception agreements. What you can do in the material world depends solely on your mind and your mental state. It has been proven that if you put two people in a city far away from where they were, thousands of miles away from where they were, and under equal circumstances, you give them both two changes of clothes, a pair of shoes, a backpack, and $10, and you throw them into a corner of a strange city. One was of the lower or middle class. The other was an entrepreneurial millionaire. After a couple of months, one is still in poverty. The other is already building a business. After six months, one is at least has a job, and the other has a house of his own and two cars. This is how belief works in your life. Outer circumstances do not come with built-in meetings. 
We put a positive or a negative definition and a positive or a negative emotional spin on outer circumstances, and this dictates how we experience an outer circumstance. The outer world is a reflection of our definitions, beliefs, intentions, and emotions. You can't experience anything in the outer world unless you're a frequency match for that circumstance. When enough attention or energy is given to a specific thought process, the resulting frequency of that person will automatically match the frequency of the perceived object or situation it is thinking of. This is called the law of mirrors and it governs the universe. In other words, when you match that frequency, you become that frequency. People see imagination as opposed to material reality. When they themselves can have the ability to see that everything they call material reality was once imagination. They have it in front of them, but they don't see it. The entire material world is perceived from high densities is imagination. The only thing that separates high and low densities is perception agreements. Again, the only thing that is limiting you is the idea that you are limited. This is actually one of the ultimate truths of reality and um, of which I will share uh, many more later in this broadcast. It is the I can't mentality is what slows you down. You have to get rid of that mentality first. That is why I say ET yoga or the yoga belief is everything. The operating system of the entire universe revolves around it. The universe is holographic and fractal and operates like a giant computer simulation. And like every computer program, it has a language of interpretation. The reality interpretation of the universe is belief. Years after I discovered this, Dr. Bruce Lipton published his book and also YouTube video called The Biology of Belief, which breaks down the, the specifics of how the body um, gets disease or heals itself. In the end, you heal yourself. Proof is in the medical term placebo effect, where you get better from sugar pills, but in fact, this concept is not true just in the medical field, but all of life is based on what you believe. So what you think, what you create, and what you feel is the external reality. Some backward-thinking doctors say that virus causes diseases that are not in that person's system. But as the 5D Pleiadians know, 99.99% of all diseases that are on the planet Earth are already inside each person. Latent and in balance, and you just need the right signal and circumstance in order for them to be activated. This is how the body works. Similarly, all of the infinite variations of the different versions of yourself on their individual timelines, each with a specific frequency already exist. This is how the universe works. Your internal world is a reflection of your outer world. 
And according to the Pleiadian, viruses, as described in human terms, don't exist. Everything that is happening now is mind control, either from the media or from the circumstances you find yourselves in. Your thoughts create your reality, and your outer world is a reflection of your inner world. Change your inner world, and your outer world will reflect this. You are being mind-controlled and manipulated by the ones who have their agenda, and this is not for the benefit of humanity. Now, let's look at the Tigetan Palladian information specifically about viruses as presented by Annika of Temer. And she states that, even initially, that what she's about to share will be highly controversial, especially in the minds of conventional medical science. Viruses are not what you've been told they are. Viruses are part of the natural mechanism of a biological cell. Conventional medical science has its understanding of viruses the wrong way around. Their science states that when a virus is found, then that is the reason you are sick. They do not see that the virus is there, is there because you are sick. They believe the virus is what makes that person sick in the first place. Viruses are, are part of the communication mechanism between cells. They contain genetic material in a protein capsule having receptors that bind to other cells. It is living biological cells in the body that produce a virus, particularly dying cells. This to alarm other cells that there is high toxicity in the environment of that body. These dying cells enter a state of conservation, and in this condition, the body enters a mode that removes this discordant energy from the body that is creating discomfort. In other words, a cell that receives a toxic signal for whatever reason triggers the alarm by excreting what conventional medical science calls a virus. When a certain frequency of toxicity is reached, many cells will secrete what the establishment calls virus. In actuality, this is a cellular mechanism for excreting internal toxicity. For example, let us say a person with the flu gets like this because of an energy collapse uh, centered mostly and caused mostly by prolonged stress. Prolonged periods of stress puts the body in shock and other opportunistic organisms can take advantage of a weakened immune system. For example, bacteria, staphylococci, and candida, and so on. These other opportunistic organisms were previously held in a state of balance within the body. This extra toxicity causes the excretion of a cellular exosubstance conventional medical science calls virus. To recap, the virus has two functions. The first is to excrete the accumulated toxicity inside the body for survival, and secondly, to send an alarm to other cells passing on genetic information on the nature of the alarm. So if a cell enters a state of toxicity, for example, a throat cell, this because they have been breathing in cold air for extended periods of time and they are in a state of prolonged stress. 
then the bacteria in the throat are thrown out of balance by the stimulus of cold air and the suppressed or weak immune system as a result of a long period of the body being under stress. Therefore, the cells in the throat will start to secrete what conventional medical science calls flu virus. Again, it is the effect of the problem and not the cause. They have it back to front the wrong way around. When the body has a lot of flu, all their mucous membranes secrete their toxicity. That is what mucus is there for, to excrete what the body does not need, mainly toxins of all kinds. These secretions come out of the body with coughs and sneezes, which conventional medical science calls virus. However, we call them exogenous type cellular secretions. In other words, these incorrect called viruses are in the air and enter the mucous membranes of other people. Remember, there are also alarm signals that something is wrong. These are alarm signals that something is wrong. So these exogenes enter another person's body and their cellular receptors interpret it for what it is, an alarm. And if that person is also under a lot of stress, this will trigger a chain reaction, making that person mimic the same sickness also. However, if the other person is not under stress and has a healthy immune system, another person's exogene signal will come through and perhaps alarm a group of cells, but their body will quickly convey in its own way that nothing is wrong and that this person does not get sick. This is why some people get the flu and others do not. Often, when one person is under a lot of stress, it is most likely that the person is not alone. Other people in their family or community may be under the same stress. It is the weaker person's immunity that will begin to excrete toxicity and start a chain reaction with their entire family or community by the exogene warning signals giving off. Each type of exogene has precise information and precise receptors that can only be coupled to one class of cells and not to others. In other words, it is specific only to a species or to even a specific area or group of cells within the body. This is why a virus is said to be specific to one species or another. However, within their species in general, they share the same cell receptors. For example, it is why cats can get sick from the flu in a human sneeze because even though it is a cat, exogene receptors are compatible. And if the cat is under stress, it will also be triggered the symptoms. The great misunderstanding with correct testing if you have a healthy cell in a laboratory culture and you introduce a virus, um, well, incorrectly called a virus, it will couple or attach to the first cell it finds and this cell will give off the alarm, secreting more exogene, uh, badly named a virus, and it will start a chain reaction that conventional medical science misrepresents as a viral infection. This invasion in a laboratory test tube 
will be dramatic because those cells are not supported by an immune system because they are outside the body. Conventional medical science is in its early infancy concerning their understanding of virus. Bruce Lipton, epigenetics, Joe Dispenza, Greg Braden, plus a growing number of forward-thinking souls have grasped this idea and this concept and are actively sharing this knowledge with humanity. Again, conventional medical science has it the wrong way around. And uh, that's uh, pretty interesting information coming from Annika of Timur. And um, I think it's also important to note that further, um, your body is not the real you. Your body is merely a projection of what you believe yourself to be. Therefore, you're holding disease, illness, uh, pain, and injuries within your consciousness, and thus they are imprinted in your energetic field. And only then do they proceed to manifest in your physiology. Chronic pain, disease, illness, or the old injuries that you have in your, on your body are not actually in your body, they're in your mind. As soon as you start to connect to the infinite energy of creation and your own true nature as formless energy, then you start to become aware of these energies in your body which returns the projections of your body to its natural state. And when we say returns, it's because the universe flashes in and out of existence, does so so rapidly, of course, that it's not perceptible by the human eye. The projection of your body can only be disrupted by a disturbance in your energy field, your consciousness, caused by unbalanced thoughts, emotions, and limiting beliefs. And this is why Egyptian healing rods work, because they clear the auric field of negative energy, and this is proven by Korean photography. I mean, you can go on the internet and start checking out Egyptian healing rods, and there are several articles there um, that um, show uh, people holding the rods uh, for 10 minutes before and after uh, and being sick at the time, um, that the Korean photography is also similar to the... Um, Bosnian pyramid at the base of the Bosnian pyramid there's some healing chambers there because of the frequencies and uh, this Korean photography shows exactly what happens to your auric field and it's why only the pharaohs and inner circle were allowed to use them in Egypt and I've been using them for about I don't know 20 years now and um, I mean I, I just think they're fabulous and so uh, I highly recommend that you check out Egyptian healing rods. And um, I think it's really important to note that um, our ability to heal is directly related to our level of attention and level of belief. Uh, we can heal ourselves of any affliction, illness, disease, or injury that is possible so long as we have absolute certainty and knowing that we will be healed. 
And this is because at the fundamental level of reality, anything is possible, and the restructuring of reality is dictated entirely by our beliefs and our expectations. And now I want to um, move on to uh, connect this, um, all the aforementioned information, directly to uh, the concept of the ultimate truths of reality. Now, these ultimate truths of uh, reality um, basically uh, came from a channeling by Jean Hatch of Mother Mary. This was information that um, was um, about, uh, it's about 2,000 years old, roughly. And um, it's, in this material was kept in the mystery schools. And actually, um, I did an ET yoga program, oh, probably 10 years back. And I related um, information from Bashar, who claims to be from uh, a future uh, time, and uh, related that to the uh, current Pleiadian information at the time, and related that to the, this ultimate truth of reality, and also connected that with uh, the Seth material. And uh, they're all basically uh, the same same concept, same idea. Some of it's even the same wording. Um, and in, in particular, this one. the In the ultimate truths of reality, like I said, which were kept in the mystery schools, for couple, they came out about, oh, I don't know, probably 15 years ago. I bring them up every so often on ET Yoga because, I don't know, I don't hear them anywhere else. And... Um, um, the truth is, is they're sometimes hard to find on the internet. But uh, one of them it states that everything in my reality is created my, by, by my beliefs. How, how much straight, more straightforward can that be? This is, of course, the translated version. But everything in my reality is created by my beliefs. <laughs> is this not consistent with what everything's been presented so far in this program? And... Um, Another one is prime creator, God, all that is. I am prime creator expressing itself as me. Another one, I'm not striving for perfection as I am already perfect. What I'm striving for is to remember my perfection. No one can create in my reality but me. As a creator, I'm 100% responsible for everything I create. That's a big one because, you know, in today's modern world, there's one thing people don't like to do. They don't like to take responsibility. And it's not that you're to blame for things. It's just that um, you, you don't blame. And um, blame is just part of victimhood mentality. But growing and learning and being aware of what you're creating is another thing. And uh, blame, complaint, and criticism are total signposts for a victimhood thinking. Another one is everything happens for a reason. Yeah, good point. There are no accidents. Nothing happens by chance. I create 100% of the time. I have the power to create whether I apply that 100% toward creating what I want or energizing what I don't want. 
big point right there. You know, a lot of people spend a lot of time focusing on what they don't want and complaining about what they don't like. What you need to do is, okay, you can be aware of that, but you need to focus on what you want, not what you don't want. Another one, I'm the only one there is, I'm not divided into parts. Now that's a really interesting one, because I guess, you know, ultimately you become the dimension you formerly thought you were a part of. And in point of fact, the only person you ever hang out with is you. And in one sense, every everybody is you, it's just from different timelines and different perspectives. All events are neutral. This is a good one. And already mentioned previously on tonight's show, there are no negative experiences, although I can choose to define my experience as negative. Therefore, if I'm experiencing negativity in my life, then I've chosen it. There's only one vibration, love. Fear is the illusion of the absence or lack of love. I cannot be in fear unless I believe that whatever I fear has more power than I do. Good one, because let's face it, our controllers of this planet try to keep everybody in some frequency related to fear. And this most current crisis is the prime example of it. And um, it's becoming more and more obvious to me that in order to pull off the coordination that was necessary to uh, pull off this scam, um, there had to be a lot of uh, mind control going on. And... um, Basically, in the one of the driving influences there was mass media, and uh, it's a shame, actually. Another one, how I feel is a reaction to what I believe. Here's an interesting one. All disease is caused by the denial of negativity within. Well, I've also heard it put another way that uh, by the Pleiadians that all disease was caused by um, emotional dysfunction. And thus, this emotional dysfunction, where does it exist? It exists in your auric field. And that's what the Pleiadians uh, basically are talking about, that, that these negativity exists in your auric field first before it manifests in your physical body. In fact, if you really understand the concept that the universe flashes in and out of existence, and by the way, this is science. You can go look that up. Uh, I, I, I did it once. Uh, they've, it's not widely known. I don't even know if it's taught in universities. Probably not. But the fact is, is that the universe flashes in and out of existence. So in this flicker, your body doesn't even exist. What exists is your consciousness. You know, half the time, you're not, your physical body isn't even there. Um, there are no victims. There are only lessons. I am the only authority in my life. However, in an attempt to avoid taking responsibility for being that authority, I can choose to falsely, falsely believe that someone or something else has power over me. Another one, every person place or thing of which I become aware is a mirror and has the potential to be a gift. 
at any given moment, I am either giving love or asking for love. I am that which I create. And to me, and I even put a star on this one because not only does it connect with what's been stated previously on the show tonight, but there are no limitations. If I have an experience that I define as a limitation, it is happening as a result of the way I think, the appearance of all limitation is merely an effect of error thinking. God has no limitations, and as an aspect of God, neither do I, unless I believe that I do, in which case I will create the appearance of limitation as a direct result of my belief. And we go full circle, coming around to the whole idea of belief. And that also leads us into the discussion of reality creation. So what's at the basis of things I've talked about for years on ET Yoga? That I always talk about there being three levels of reality creation. First level of reality creation is what you downloaded as a child. Similar to the example that uh, the Palladians used, that uh, you give two people, uh, you know, some clothes and some shoes and, and 10 bucks and toss them in a city somewhere and then see how they are six months later. Why do you think there's a difference in how each life is different that way? It's because of their initial beliefs that they downloaded when they were kids. Until you're about seven years old, that's the primary thing you're doing, is downloading and formulating these beliefs. So, what happens is, of course, these beliefs manifest. And what is a belief anyway? It's basically just a thought that gets repeated. It's something you buy into. It's a concept that you buy into, a belief. And belief manifests. Yeah. Thought and emotion manifest external reality. And you can't uh, experience anything in the 3D world unless you're a frequency match for it. It can't happen. That's what I was saying at the top of the show. Uh, the information on this program flies right over people's heads, even if they listen to the show. Because if you're not a frequency match for the information, you don't get it. And very, very importantly, as far as beliefs are concerned, I, I noticed uh, by correlating information from Merlin the Magician, there's one critical concept that you have to get. And that is that your external world is a reflection of your thoughts, your beliefs, your definitions, your emotions, your intentions. That's what creates your external experience. If you don't get that concept, okay, then where does that leave you at? That leaves you with that you're a powerless person. And everything's just happening haphazardly to you. Okay. Well, if you're going to have that kind of a belief system, then you're going to be always in duality. You're not moving to 4 or 5D, okay, because you can't with that set of beliefs. You need to know that you're 100% responsible for your creating your outer experience. 100% responsible. You're a co-creator of everything that you experience. And if you don't get that point, then it just keeps you stuck in a world of polarity and subjugated to lots of unnecessary fears. 
and powerlessness. So you're not ha- you're not self empowered. One of the key things about a spiritual journey is to be self-empowered, like to be as self-sufficient as possible. It's like, why would you take your car in to get it fixed if you could do it yourself? So beliefs are highly important. So even if you know the concept, well, what are you going to do about it? I know a lot of people that know a lot can't do anything. If you know that... Many of the things that are happening to you today are because of the beliefs that you got from your initial caregivers. Well, the idea here is to thank your initial caregivers for those wonderful beliefs that they gave you as you were growing up as a child. But let's face it, maybe some of those beliefs aren't useful anymore. Maybe they weren't even correct. Okay, so what do you do about it? Well, you need to do your inner work. This is what inner work is. You need to start finding out what it is you, you believe. Get a piece of paper. Start Make a column. And, and write down different areas of your life. What do you think about money? What do you think about relationships? What do you think about friends? What do you think about this? Make a, make a list of columns. And then under each column, write down what you – be honest with yourself and write down what you truly think – what you believe in these areas. And then see what – what's actually being reflected in your life and what you if you're really going to do this properly you're going to find that that's you're you're the one creating it ironically that which we most complain about we're the creators of if you're to look back after you died and look at your life and then start and and see what from an objective point of view what was going on in your life it's all about your beliefs so Do your inner work around beliefs. To me, this is reality creation number one. Very simple because these beliefs manifest. And and, and you never noticed how things, for many people, as they get older, they start noticing that things start repeating themselves. The same crap keeps coming up. The same problems with relationships. Why does all that crap keep coming up? Because your beliefs are the same. You haven't changed your beliefs. You're usually, it's like you're trying to, you fix a problem using the same exact method that you just used, which failed. It's, it's, it's insanity. Yeah, it's exactly what it is. It's insanity. You need to change your beliefs. I don't know how many people I've talked to about relationships, and they just don't get it, that they have the same set of circumstances, the same beliefs, and they keep attracting to themselves. So... Then we go to what I call the second level of reality creation. Second level of reality creation is where you're consciously putting positive spin on outer circumstances. Because, as with the Pleiadians and everybody's pointed out, outer circumstances don't come with built-in meanings. We put negative or positive spin, negative or positive definition and emotion on outer circumstances. The same circumstances are not experienced the same by everybody. And this isn't just all about positive thinking. Positive thinking is positive thinking. You know, seeing the cup half full instead of half empty. What that That's great, and it's good. But positive spin is taking a neutral circumstance and actually creating the situation. And the reason positive spin works is because the universe is holographic. 
we can't experience anything unless we are a frequency match for that circumstance. So when you place a positive definition and a positive emotional spin on an outer circumstance, you will attract to yourself positive holograms. It's actually physics. Yeah, that's exactly how it works. You're creating a frequency match for what you want to experience. And I might add, because I've been doing this for a long time, I have never placed a positive spin and a positive definition on an outer circumstances and not had a positive experience, ever. And it blows your mind when you figure out that it works because it works. And I challenge, and I've been challenging my listeners on ET Yoga for a decade to check it out yourself. Write down, make a list of the things that you see as a problem right now in your life. And then go through and put a positive spin and a positive definition on that, on that circumstance. Try and muster up a way and really put positive emotion into it. And I'll tell you exactly how I do it, and I'll try to mimic that right now. Let's say, uh, I don't know, I'm going to the dentist tomorrow, and I'm kind of concerned about, you know, what might go on there. And I'm just going to say to myself, I put a positive spin on my experience at the dentist tomorrow. Yeah! And I mean, yeah! And I mean, get into it with some emotion. Yeah! It's going to be a great day at that dentist office tomorrow. And see what happens. And then after this happens, write it down and log it. Now, some things will take time. Sometimes weeks, sometimes years before you actually can see how something good came from that event. But my point is here is to challenge you to log it and keep track of it because once you get it, you'll love it. And it's exciting to put to use positive spin. Now, we move to the third level of reality creation. Third level of reality, uh, reality creation is where there isn't already an existing circumstance. You're creating a new circumstance. And as the Pleiadians have pointed out, at the higher levels of dimension, imagination is reality. <laughs> spend some time thinking about that for a bit. People need to spend more time imaging, imagining, visualizing what it is that you prefer and creating it in your outer world. In the book uh, by Marilyn the Magician, um, they talk about the fact that if you can start to visualize something in great detail as if it has already happened, that's the secret of manifesting it, to see it as it has already happened. And this is obviously the the trickiest of the three concepts of reality creation because it just is, um, takes a lot more practice, takes a lot more experience. And um, it's something that, uh, like everything else, the more you play with it, the better you get at it. And um, reality creation is definitely um, an interesting tool that can be useful on your spiritual journey. To me, it's somewhat like, uh, I don't know, 
to reading tarot cards or, or doing having psychic readings or whatever. The whole point of it is that maybe it's for interest or whatever. The bottom line is it doesn't matter what happens to you. What what matters is how you react to it. So I'm not so big on any of that stuff. And I'm and ultimately you don't even get big on. Um, or caught up in your own identity, because this is another place to be stuck. However, I uh, hope on tonight's program that you learned uh, something new about uh, how the body works, how the universe works, picked up a couple of the ultimate truths of reality, and uh, maybe would be inspired to uh, try some reality creation techniques. And um, as usual, I like to wish my audience my sincere best towards your attainment of full consciousness, perfect health, and abundance. And um, as well, success in the uh, journey towards the ascension process. And I highly recommend, by the way, Steve Noble, N-O-B-E-L. He's got some amazing meditations and videos on uh, YouTube, Um, just absolutely fabulous ones. Uh, he's got a recent one out there. Most recent, uh, uh, or second most recent, is uh, related to uh, uh, building some um, rainbow shields uh, uh, around you, around your auric field, uh, to uh, as a protection in in terms of uh, any kind of uh, negative entities. Uh, very, very um, fascinating uh, meditations there. And in closing, I'd like to share with you the uh, Who Am I technique. And if you're a new listener, uh, the Who Am I technique was taught by Sri Ramana Maharshi to his most uh, advanced disciples. And um, they call it the Vichara, V-I-C-H-A-R-A. And I first heard about it uh, from Baba Ram Das. Uh, Baba Ram Das uh, had an article in the Georgia Strait newspaper in Vancouver, British Columbia. And um, first time I tried it, I went right through the doorway. So that's why I'd like to share it, and I do share it at the end of every ET Yoga program because it's such a powerful technique. And if you are a new listener, if you haven't heard the last two um, ET Yoga presentations, I go into some detail with respect to um, the Who Am I technique. And... uh, very powerful stuff. So I highly recommend you check out the archives. The archives just go to BBS Radio, um, ET Yoga, or go to my website at etyoga.com. And uh, on the main page is a button there called uh, Radio Archives. Hit the one button and it takes you right there. So the way my technique, basically you get to the highest place you know how to get to, put uh, your full attention in the center of your forehead and become that spot. And then ask the question, who am I? Once, twice, or what's ever comfortable. And then you state the following. I am not my body. I am not my internal organs. I am not my thoughts. I am not this spot. What spot? I am connected to a vast network that has been beyond your reach and experience. To humans, it is like staring at the sun, a blinding brightness that conceals a source of great power. 
We have been subordinate to our limitations until now. The time has come to cast aside these bonds and to elevate our consciousness to a higher plane. It is time to become a part. It of is time all to become a part of all.